Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. This episode on I, good I'm, Christmas, I mean, good Christmas reads. I thought that was, I, I don't know, I'm not good at GCR, that part. GCR, the good Christmas read episode. We call it GCR 1. And then next year we have GCR two. Let's let's record and fun. let's think about it. Unless you need to put it in there, do you need to say it? Is that what you're wanting? Do you just want to start with the Merry Christmas? <clears throat> Merry gotta... Christmas from the Thinklings. Okay, welcome to Thinklings episode nineteen, the Good Christmas episode. We don't know what to call it, so Merry Christmas. Maybe we'll come up with a fancy title. But we're going to talk about some things in this episode that will maybe be fun for you over Christmas. So before we do that, what are you guys going to do for Christmas? You guys going to be here? You going to leave me? I tried to get out of town, but everything got canceled. <laughs> literally. <laughs> but you were trying to go to one of the most closed yeah. off states in the... My parents... I grew up in upstate New York, and so New York's kind of tyrannical right now. Hey, I've been in New York twice in this last year. <laughs> More than and had no issues. I also drove, which was horrendous. Were you like a secret agent in a former life? or No, just really definitely fast? not. Uh, what are you doing for Christmas? We're going to travel to the great state that's shaped like a mitten. That would be Michigan. Thank you. So we'll, we'll head out there for a little bit and see family and hopefully make it to Madcap Coffee House because that coffee is amazing. And right next to that in downtown GR. Oh, the cheese place. Is it the cheese place? Well, there's everything. There's oh. like, a, like a market there and you can, um, there's just tons of great foods there. Actually, the other cool thing is there's a Tim Hortons like within walking distance from the place we're staying. So... I, I like Tim Hortons too, but they've they're Timbits. Have you ever had their Timbits? Of course, Charlie? I've had Timbits. Oh, they're like the they're like donut holes on steroids or something, or like uh, I mean, what what do you call those? Okay, they're I more might, than a donut. I hole. don't want to offend my Canadian friends. Uh oh, but I don't oh, no. think I don't think Tim Hortons is that special. It's like Dunkin'. It's it's better than Dunkin'. Yeah, it it's is. better than Dunkin'. Yep. It's definitely better than Starbucks, uh, mainly better. because they're not liberal. <laughs> But as far as like, is that, is that donut hole going to change my life? For the next like two minutes, it would. It's not. I had to do a research trip in Canada where I went to Toronto. Wait, what? Yeah. Literally, I did a research trip on TT Shields and I went to Jarvis Street Baptist Church. When did you do this? When when I was going to Central. Wow. Dr. Straub got me in there. I met uh, Michael Haitken. He got me in the door. And, uh, but anyways, for like three days, I was in their basement doing research on shields. And then it all fell apart and he had to pick a different topic. No, it's because I couldn't. Enter I was, I, Bonhoeffer. Oh my word. <laughs> I didn't, we weren't supposed to name the name. That's the, okay. But all I'm going to say is I drank a lot of Tim Hortons and ate a lot of those donut holes and they're good. But I think they're still with me today, actually. Okay. So after all of that Tim Hortons Christmas plans <laughs> nonsense, let. Nonsense is right. Yes. Here's what we're going to do in this episode. We've had a bunch of requests about book recommendations, about chronicling our book recommendations. You know that we have a segment in every podcast called Books in Business. Oh, oh. Wait. I shouldn't have said that. No, you actually said it before he did. Okay, so let's rewind for a moment. We have a segment in every podcast, which is Books in Business. There There it is. Okay. And we have in that segment listed... About 30 to 40 books. I'm not going to count them. I'm looking at all the titles right now on my computer screen. And we've got a lot of requests like, hey, can you tell us where to start? What should I buy? 
you know, it's Christmas time. You could stroll on into Faith Bookstore and you could buy books off of these recommendations for all of your friends and family if you wanted to. But where do you start? And that's where we came up with this idea of the Thinkling's Goodness Scale, where everything on the scale is good. To be placed on this, you cannot be bad. You must be good. But some things are more good than other things. Hence, a 10 is not a 1. And so we have gone back through all of the books that we have mentioned in our books and business segment, and we've ranked them. You'll be able to go, you could go right now to thinklingspodcast.com. There's a tab there that says goodness scale season one recap. You can click on that tab and all of these books are there with a ranking. And there's these like little light bulb pictures that like get progressively bigger and brighter. Like as you go from a one to a 10, it gets better. And it's like, obviously the, the 10 is a really good book. And so, um, where we've landed with this and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, an eight, a nine or a 10 is a very, very strong recommendation. You should think about purchasing this. And the terms that we're going to stick with is a 10 is not only should you read it, not only should you own it, but it's something you're probably going to want to read. Want is a term of desire. It's not a want. This is objective. A 10 is you need to read this more than once. (laughs) Okay. So a 10 on the goodness scale Yes, go buy it. Yes, read it. And you're probably going to be reading it more than once. As you filter from a one to a seven, yes, there's a lot of arbitrary differences. Like what's the difference between a three and a four? Well, one, one, one is the answer. Okay. (laughs) So how much better is a four than a three? It's one better. It's one more better. They're all good. Okay. We actually, we might have some more designations to add later, but that's kind of where we're at. You guys want to add anything to that? Yeah, a four gets a bigger light bulb than a three. Yes, because it's 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 a little bit brighter of a bulb. But a two doesn't get a bigger, or a three doesn't get a bigger light bulb than a two. Well, <laughs> you can talk to WordPress about their image size settings. I could customize. That. I just went with thumbnail for the first three. So did you say that? Listeners had asked us to chronicle our books that we've read. Is that how you not, phrased that earlier? They, that that's not how so they phrased it. So is this the Chronicles it? of the Thinklings episode? The Thinkling Chronicles. <laughs> um, We're not Narnia, folks. <laughs> yikes! The Chronicles of Christmas. Ooh, that's not bad. Thinkling season one finale. Ooh, ooh, ooh did we just work. name our podcast? That could have been. Yes. It. <clears throat> that at, be okay, it. you can look at the title on your favorite podcasting app, and now you know where that came from. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're not going to mention all of the books. We're just going to give you some highlights from each of our recommendations throughout the year. And then to cap it off, we're going to have a special extended Christmas books and business where we're each going to give four Christmas read recommendations that may or may not be loosely tied to the theme of Christmas. Mostly may not, but some are. Okay. And and just wait for that one because it's good. Yes. Okay. So... Let's kick this off with, so I'm, I'm looking at our list and we've, we've already talked about this. We have very few one, twos, and threes. There are a few. And again, if you want to look at those ones, twos, and threes, you can find them at thanklingspodcast.com under the goodness scale tab. We're going to go from fours on up and we might not talk about every specific number. We're not going to talk about every title. We're just going to each kind of give a highlight. So Let's just go how the the Google Doc is set up. Stearns, why don't you start with, uh, go with your lowest rated book that you want to highlight. Okay, so 
of all the books we talked about this, this season, I think the one I want to reference, I'm giving it a four. It's The Missing Gospels by Daryl Bach. That's the book where he looks at underlying text issues and asks what books are in the scriptures and which ones aren't because current day scholarship has been trying to say that there are other books that should be included. It relates a lot to Gnosticism and proto-Gnosticism and different forms. The argument other people are making is there are earlier forms of Christianity that don't look like ours and ours had the power and they won. So shouldn't we go back and look at those? And what Bach is doing is he's saying, is the evidence correct? Why am I giving it a four? I think it was a good book. I really enjoyed it, but it's in my field and I know not everyone's going to be interested in this. So I'm glad I read it. Um, I think it's very useful. And if this interests you, I think it's a four and you should read it. That's one of the things about the goodness scale is that you are, you, the listener are in a specific setting in a specific field. I mean, if you're a pastor, some of these are going to appeal to you more than if you're a mother. All right. So just always take that into account as we go through this Thinkling's goodness scale. So Mr. Premodern over there, are you sounding a little more postmodern than I expected? Are you saying that the value of books is relative? <laughs> we got him! <laughs> Only took 19 horrendous. episodes. His eyes didn't even roll. He just went to horrendous. <laughs> oh, I, I just got to get a word in. It's just, I don't know if how many of you are really going to benefit from basics of Hebrew accents. Merry Christmas! <laughs> so, basics of Hebrew accents by Mark Futado is probably not going to be too high on uh, most of our listeners. Um, sure, you're not. He's, he's, you got a point. You really do have a point. We're you're just not, not going to talk about Hebrew accents, right? You're going to use another book, right? Right, yeah. That okay, was why just an you, illustration. Why don't you go, oh, you've only, you've got some very high ones here yeah i picked my best ones that's i mean that's what i i put on here so uh valley of vision i've already talked about that on like two or three episodes i think that's a book you should own and uh connect it to your devotions and uh seek to pray more reverentially more humbly uh that's what that book's done for me and so uh valley of vision i put that as a 10 on the thinkling's goodness scale yeah I have a prayer book that I purchased a while back, Every Moment Holy. I think I'm going to talk about it in season two. And that's kind of taken the place of my, like the prayer book. But if if I had not already purchased that and been working through that, I would definitely be, had purchased, I would have purchased Valley Vision and be working through it because you've talked about it enough that you've, you've won me over. I haven't even seen one yet, but I'm excited. 2021 is the Valley Vision year for me probably. I'm going to go back to Mere Discipleship by Alistair McGrath. And the reason why I like this book, it, there's a lot of good things about it. I just started thinking about how many of its illustrations that I used throughout the year. And uh, if you remember, there were some episodes where we talked about this uh, really old writing called The Adventures of Telemachus. And I learned about that from Mere Discipleship. And then there's a really good discipleship metaphor of like standing on the balcony and being on the road that, uh, that he uses in that book. And, uh, I've used that a number of times in, in personal ministry. And so as I thought back, I thought, man, that was a really helpful book. It helped kind of categorize some things for me. He talks about the imagination, how that, that creative element of our mind is important for discipleship. And so I rated it a five and, uh, the reason it's a five is because it's not a six, seven, eight, nine, or a 10. Uh, but it is really good, and uh, <laughs> if you if you're interested in discipleship, you kind of like that Lewisy type of saying things. You'll you'll probably enjoy that book. When you, when you say it's a six because it's not a seven, eight, nine, and ten, is that kind of like when you go up to an aspen tree and you're like, you can tell it's an aspen because of the way it is. You can tell that mere discipleship is a five by the way that it is. <laughs> 
Okay, on so that note, Stearns, back to you. So the next book I'll highlight as a nine. I'm giving it a nine because I really enjoyed it. I found it very helpful, and I have read it twice and would definitely read it again. And I also recommend it pretty regularly to people. It's a little bit of a niche book in one sense, but I think it has merit for most people. So it's Wordsmithy by Doug Wilson. So this is the book on writing. He's written, he's verbose in the sense that he's written tons. He's maybe copious is better. He writes regularly on his blog. He has lots of books. He's, he's a very, um, he's putting out a lot of stuff here, but this book is written really well. It's fun to read. It's like, well, maybe fun's overstated, but it's really interesting to read. You learn to write well by reading him and he's witty. So it's, it is a little bit entertaining. Now the book is about how to write. And so if that doesn't interest you, it can understand where you may not want to read this, but it's got so many good quippy sayings and interesting thoughts about developing content or being a little more creative that I think it's something that everyone would benefit from. So I'm going to recommend Wordsmithy by Doug Wilson. My next book is Dragons and Dragon Slayers by Tim Chester. Now this is uh, more for children. My children have read this book and it, it's, uh, it's a fun read. It's just not going to take long. If you're an adult and you're going to read through this, it'll probably take you like half an hour. But um, I thought it'd be nice to just throw in a children's book for the uh, Christmas Reads uh, podcast here. So Dragons and Dragon Slayers by Tim Chester. I give it a six. I'll follow you up with kind of the exact same thing. My next book is, and I'm going to kind of put it in a capsule. Like I have The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which I specifically mentioned early on in our season of podcasting. And I rated it a seven which you'll note is not an 8, 9, or a 10, uh, which is probably not fair. It, pr- it probably deserves to be an 8. Uh, I'll just put the whole series there, the whole Chronicles of Narnia. If you've never read that, it doesn't matter if you're a, a child or not. It's worth your time. Well, just another note, you do not read it in the order that you probably get it in your box set. It has numbers on it, and that those are not correct. You need to go and Google and search, what was the publishing order of the Chronicles of Narnia? And you need to read them in that order, which The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is number one, if you go that way. And uh, just even even as, I mean, I'm 29, you know, these are children's books. What what purpose do they serve? Uh, They're just so simple but profound in the way that they stimulate imagination. They, They help you just grab some ideas and some themes. I didn't read the Chronicles of Narnia until like two years ago. So like what Charlie said... And uh, it did not end the way I thought it would, and it did not end the way I wanted it to. Just kind of throw that out there. I'd encourage you to, uh, this Christmas break, a great time to uh, get a set of the Chronicles of Narnia. You can even get the entire set in a one volume and uh, read through it. So for the last book of the season that we mentioned that I'm going to highlight, I'm going to pick what I think is my favorite of them and what I'm most most benefited from. And that would be James Sire's book, How to Read Slowly. It was very helpful. His idea of reading worldviewishly was very helpful. I appreciated the way he talked about poetry and prose and narrative. His poetry section, again, that just really helped me to understand poetry better. I teach Proverbs, so I'm pretty familiar with poetry, but I was not at all familiar with like modern poetry. It was very, very helpful. But it's not just that. That's just what hit me. But the rest of the book is good. And then he has a reading list at the end if you want to read more. The only caution I would say is that the first chapter is a bit of a slog. And so if you don't like it, literally just skip it and go to the next chapter. He says don't do that. But I'm saying it's a really good book. So I really liked How to Read Slowly by James Sire. And I would give it a 10. 
because I think I'll probably be reading it multiple times. My last title is Zeal Without Burnout by Christopher Ash. I read this a couple of times. And when I say I read it, I mean, it's a really quick read. And sometimes I just kind of skim through the titles and then meditate upon it and then confess my sins because I am convicted in that I try work too hard. So uh, Zeal Without Burnout by Christopher Ash. Excellent title. If you're exhausted all the time or just think you need to have some balance or don't have balance in your life, I'd strongly recommend Zeal Without Burnout does not take long to read and uh, can give you some good principles for uh, managing the different responsibilities in your life. Now, when you say you get convicted reading that, like on a, like a lot of conviction or just a little, cause I'm not really interested in a lot of conviction here. In my life. <laughs> You're horrendous. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so my last book, uh, and just, just another reminder, these are just three selections from that books and business segment. All of them are on the website. And so you can go there, you can look down through the titles. There won't be a lot of commentary, there won't be any commentary on them on the website. So you can go back and reference the show notes of previous episodes to find where we talk about those and go back and see what we individually thought about them at the time. The last book that we'll highlight from that, I have on here, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. And uh, I've updated my rating. It is a 10. It is a 10. It wasn't originally a 10. I had it at a nine and I just changed my mind. It's a 10 because it, I mean, by definition, I own it. It's on my shelf. I've read it multiple times. And it is, it is very, very helpful to gain perspective about media and our culture and the way that we view truth. And if you have not read Neil Postman, Amusing Ourselves to Death, that would be a strong recommendation for you uh, over Christmas break. I would recommend reading it with somebody as well. It's kind of a thinker book, and uh, especially a few of the chapters at the beginning, you might really struggle with um, the philosophical nature of it. So I've read it with students, and and we've discussed it and talked about it. And it's kind of funny to just see their eyes open up to issues that they haven't even considered. I also have read it with a student. We worked through it a chapter a week, and I think we missed... Like, we had weeks where we couldn't meet, so it probably took us a couple of months. But it was really profitable. And there was you're right, it was one of those where we'd read it, and then we'd talk about it. And each chapter spurred really good discussion that was helpful. Um, I'm with you. I think you should read it with a group. I think that might even be something we should maybe talk about in the future sometime on an episode, just overall. it's I really like that choice, Charlie. Yeah, and it was up to, against one other book, and that other book is going to be mentioned later. So stay tuned. There's another book that I'd really like to talk about, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit. So now we're going to transition. This is now our... Hang on. I just got to highlight that we just went through all of those books and the Space Trilogy did not get on the list. I Well, it did now. Hold on. We can edit this, folks. <laughs> <laughs> See, you, like, you, you pick one, I'll pick one. We'll go right now. Come on. We're going to do this. Who is that Idiot guy strength? that called us Philistines? Yeah. <laughs> that was actually really hey. funny. He's a, he's, he's, no, that was, that was like of this, of this year of the fun moments of recording this podcast when Andy sent me (laughs) the screenshot of this guy calling Tim and I Philistines for not liking the space trilogy that like, I've laughed so much about that, but he's my friend. He's a, he's a really good, he's actually writing his on his own. He has Lewis. He kind of thinks he's writing. He's doing a PhD in writing and uh, he's got a mug, right? He doesn't have a mug. We need, he needs a mug, man. What is his so, name? His name is George. George, let me tell you. One, I'm not a Philistine. I can prove it. Two, <laughs> come visit us. We'll give you some mugs. It'll be fun. We'll talk about books. He's, he's actually said he might sometime try to visit, so 
He might take you up on that. Iowa is a very relaxed state in the time of virus. That is, so oh. something to think about. <laughs> Just something to think about. All something right, next. About. Okay, so <laughs> I will say Space Trilogy got a six on my rating. I'm just haven't made it to my third reading yet. So, so, and I would say, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, I would probably rank it near there. I'd probably put it at an eight because it is very difficult and it's not for everyone. Okay. I just, I have to say it now though. You, you open the door, Tim, you open the door. So we are going to talk about abolition of man later and just for its value in depicting to you. Oh yeah. The ends, the the potential yep. end of what aboli- what Lewis talks about in Abolition of Man, that alone gives it a high rating. That's true. On top of it, it is a good story. There's some it, it will grab you in different ways depending on what book you're in. And so my initial assessment of wow, this is Snoresville, literally, I was using it at night, it would put me to sleep every night. Um, it does do that though at points. I, I would mean, put it, it on audiobook and I'd make it like three minutes and then I'd have to find where I left off the next night. Yeah. It was great. Um, <laughs> it's but cheaper than melatonin. <laughs> I've been I've been reading through Abolition again and I'm reading the trilogy alongside of it mm. and you're seeing things. And so this is read through number two as promised earlier this year when I read through it for the third time, we will have a podcast dedicated to it and Andy will buy me coffee. That's right. I'll owe you a bag of coffee. Yep. Okay. So with that, if you're struggling to sleep this Christmas time, <laughs> oh my word! There you go. The space trilogy. <laughs> now who's horrendous? On audiobook. Now who's rolling their eyes? That'd be me. Okay. So now we have good Christmas reads. Is the you know I don't know if I can dun, find dun, dun. maybe I might find them. some like bells to like you know like oh, a jingle yeah. bell sound. I don't know. Like ching 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 dashing through the books. I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway. That's good. Okay, I, number I one. Okay, so oh. we each have four books that we picked for. You, this is a book you should try to get and read over Christmas. You're going to have a lot of downtime, usually. Usually you have some downtime, especially if you're a student at Faith. Uh, you might be traveling, and if you are, you might have a lot of time on a plane or in a car. You might have some time with family where you've spent enough time with family and you just want to get away. <laughs> And you know, hey, I have to read this book. Horrendous. That happens. It happens. Okay. Let's not avoid it. Okay. You know, some of those like three or four day Christmas jaunts with your family, you know what? Day three, you need a book. Okay. I just know a lot of darts and bullets are going to be shooting around. I say bullets. I don't know. We call those little Nerf ball things. Those things are going to be flying all over this Christmas at the little house. Yes. Okay. So... I'm imagining Tim with his gun, and in the other hand, he's got a book, and he's like yeah. reading it, shooting his kids. <laughs> using it to like block the it's darts. Like it's a shield. It's a shield. Like, Watch out. Yeah, I'm using the space trilogy for that. Hey, hey now. Okay. Get a bigger book, man. There's much larger ones you could use that would be much better defense. Okay, you ready, for this? you ready for this? I'm ready. Hey, Let's do it. Hey, now. Oh, oh, oh. That was, That's a deep trilogy joke. If oh, you man. don't get it, you have to read the book. Okay, so... We each have four books that if you have time in between traveling and Nerf darts, you should purchase and read over break. If you need ideas for gifts for people, maybe one of these books would be a great gift for someone. Maybe if you need ideas to give to your family for, hey, maybe you should buy this for me. Maybe you could find something on this list uh, as a a good Christmas read. So uh, let's, I'll start and then we'll just progress through one at a time and just see how it goes. So I did try to have some tie to Christmas because I felt compelled by the power of the season. So each one of mine has a little bit of a Christmassy something to it. 
maybe loosely. So the first one I'm going to mention here is it's a compilation of short stories. It's the best short stories is the title of O. Henry. And you might be asking yourself, who is O. Henry? Well, I just did some reading last night in preparation for this. And I found out that O. Henry is actually not his real name. I don't know his real name because I don't have my notes in front of me. But this guy, he's a fascinating guy, fascinating guy. Allegedly robbed a bank and fled the country so he wouldn't get caught. Found out his wife was terminally ill. So he comes back uh, to see his wife before she dies. And guess what? He gets caught. He's going to serve five years in prison. In prison, he meets a guard. I believe it was a guard. Might have just been another inmate named Orrin, O-R-R-I-N, Orrin Henry. After he served three years, he gets out on parole, moves to New York City, and he starts writing under the pen name O. Henry. And he's got a lot of great short stories. He's a very good short story writer. And what he's known for is the plot twist at the end. Okay. In this particular volume of short stories, story number one is The Gift of the Magi, which if you'll think about that biblically, here's the Magi bringing gifts to baby Jesus. And that's kind of the theme of that short story is about gift giving. It's a husband and a wife who are broke and they're struggling to get good gifts for each other. It has a great plot twist at the end. I don't want to give it away. But if you're into, and this is something that would be a shorter read for you. It, the, I mean, each short story is a, a handful of pages. So it's like you can pick it up, read a story, think about it. You know, a lot of them take place in New York City. Kind of a quick read, kind of a fun, you know, fiction-y type of a thing. Uh, but particularly that, that first story, The Gift of the Magi, I think is really good talking about gift giving and uh, has a great twist to it. So that's my Christmas read number one is the best short stories of O. Henry. Okay, so my first, so you you have a theme. Your theme is Christmas. The theme is Christmas. Okay, I have a theme. My theme. is good books. <laughs> is buffet. Book buffet. So here's the thing. When you go to a buffet... It's really nice because you can taste a little of everything. So I've tried to include a little of everything in my list. So my first book is a historical book-ish, kind of historical. It's called <clears throat> A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. And it's by um, Joseph Leconte. And the subtitle is How J.R.R. Tolkien and Lewis Rediscovered... Oh, man. My page just cut out. Sorry, I'm reading this. How J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis rediscovered faith, friendship, and heroism in the cataclysm of 1914 to 1918. What this is doing is it's a study. There's been a lot of books written about Tolkien and Lewis. What Leconte is doing is he's looking at their writings and their lives through the lens of World War I. And he's, he's asking how did that affect them and in what ways. And there's just a lot of really fascinating stuff if you're a Lewis or Tolkien person. Even if you're not, it's actually a pretty interesting read. Um, the thing that I remember coming away with uh, in a big way was the idea of progress. Both of them reacted to this idea of progress where, um, well, in the past, it was, it was always worse and we're always getting better, which is actually just modernism on steroids. And then in the war, they realized, well, and they didn't realize, they just saw it firsthand, like this is not actually panning out. Lewis gets saved after the war. And then looking back, you can see where they're both responding against that in their writings. So it was a really intriguing book. Uh, I think I listened to part of it. On, or I think I maybe listened to it on audiobook once, or I can't remember if I read it on Kindle or audiobook, but it was good and it was kind of fun. So if you are interested in these guys, I would recommend this book. It's, it's a pretty good one. My first book that I'm recommending is Israel's Eschatological Enemy by me, 
Uh, I have so heard of that author. I've uh, written one book, and it's my Still dissertation. Still waiting for a copy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I know. I have not forgotten. And We're I his told, good friends. I told these two guys I would give them a copy and write and something in it. I want a signature, yeah. The problem a is nice I have dedication. to write something in it, and I have to take some time to actually put that wordsmith in and stuff. You could just... Andy, my <laughs> smartest and favorite friend. Hey, thanks for helping me out. Maybe I could just Tim. have you write it for me. <laughs> If you're the best looking, does that make me the second best looking? Well, I don't. I don't I'm know. okay with second. That's a higher. That's still a good. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so uh, I figured I had to at least recommend my book, and my uh, books that I've selected are a little bit more along Andy's lines, where it's kind of a little bit of everything. This would be the more tech uh, technical of the selections. If you do not know Hebrew, you would still be able to read this and make sense of most of it. But um, if you know Hebrew, you'll be able to make sense of more of it. A couple of chapters, particularly particularly chapters two and three, uh, one section of chapter three, there's a fair there's some Hebrew stuff that you'd have to just skip. What do I do in it? I look at Isaiah thirteen and fourteen. Isaiah chapter fourteen is often attributed to Satan. He is the one that uh, will be like the Most High, and I contend that that is an incorrect explanation of that passage. I believe that person is actually. Israel's eschatological enemy. So Charlie has a theme, and it's Christmas. And I have a theme, and it's a buffet. And you said it's kind of like my theme. It's a little of everything. Mm -hmm. So since you're from New York, and they make bagels in New York, is yours like an everything bagel theme? I grew up upstate New York, so... So it's like all the cows in the dairy farm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Lots of dairy around Shout where I Shout out to Sheds, New York, baby. You're not from Sheds, but that's what I think of. There's a town called Sheds. And it's like my favorite place in the world. It's a, it's, it's some sheds. <clears throat> so, uh, is that back to me? Yeah. New book? Okay, so. What, what just happened? <laughs> what is sheds? It's a town in New York. Why Paul. is it your favorite? So. You can't just tell listeners it's my favorite place. We don't, we don't have time. But okay, the, like, right. at that <clears throat> corner, it's like a four-way stop. At that corner, there's like a barn there. And that's where this church was planted. It's actually, um, like your grandparents would be a part of that. Your, your grandma is still a part of that. Um, about Open Door Baptist Church oh, okay. started uh, a, uh, in a uh, bar in Sheds, New York. Oh, anyway. That's cool. That's cool. I'm just curious. So let's move on to on. the second book here. Uh, so you know that we are Lewisy fans, okay? So we talk about Lewis a lot, but we probably don't talk enough. That's right. About some of his cohorts, which is where my next book is coming in here. You say, how do we tie this to Christmas? Well, let me. What do you think about when you think of Christmas? probably think of presents. You probably think of the Lord being incarnate. Probably think about trees. Oh, and actually, yeah. in the history of Advent, the tree was a very big symbol for going back to the garden. And uh, it's not really a pagan thing. I listened to this podcast about it last week and was encouraged that it's not necessarily a pagan practice. It's There's some good Christian roots to the tree. Well, if you think of Lewis's friends and you think about trees, what comes to your mind? Don't and be hasty. You're horrendous. That was like the most circular way to get to Christmas from <laughs> so this book. The next book on here, I have The Two Towers. Oh, that's a good one. Which I th is my favorite of the trilogy of The Lord really of the Rings. Good. It's a lot like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. If you haven't read them, it's worth your time. I, I, it's seemingly weekly i run into someone who's a huge tolkien fan oh yeah i love the movies oh what'd you think of the books chirp chirp crickets exactly chirp 
Chirp. And like, I've never read the books. And I'm like, you. Okay. What did your friend call us? Philistine. They are the Philistines. Oh, amen. <laughs> the ones who watch the movies and never read the books and think that they're fans. Like, they are fans. I don't want to take that away from them. But the it's not even the same. I feel like we need to give a short shout out to George for calling you guys Philistines because now we can use that. George, yes. thank you so much. We really the appreciate it. The Philistine that. scale. That's right. Oh, the, oh! <laughs> the Philistine scale. I like that. Maybe. Anyway, so my next book, Two Towers. Ends are trees, Christmas trees, Christmas reeds. If you ever read Lord of the Rings, read Lord of the Rings. That's what I got. I really like uh, Two Towers is where it picked up when I read through them. I, the Fellowship is good. It's just it was really hard at points to get through. But Two Towers is where it picked up, and I felt like I couldn't put it down until the end of the third and one. And what, what I don't think the movies do well is capture the the scenes. Yeah. If you're reading the book, you go a long time without seeing certain characters. Like large portions of Fellowship and Two Towers, you don't see Frodo and Sam. You don't see, like, it's like distant, like separate books almost. In the movie, it's like cutting back and forth and you're kind of getting it all at the same time, which I get why a movie needs to do that because if they didn't, it would be significantly longer and more boring. But the books presented in a very different way. And they made major changes in the movie too. Like the plot and stuff is quite different in the book. Well, Frodo's not 50 so that's a big one. Well, maybe he is. He just he, he just ages well. Yeah, he's yeah. a hobbit, <laughs> and he didn't like hang out in the Shire for a long, 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 long time before he left. And in the movies, it's like right. you gotta go now. Also, All like right. the you get more conversation between the characters, and stuff develops that way. Like Samwise. Oh, I don't know. I shouldn't say. It, it it's good. I'm with you on that. It's one. it's the same reason why you'd recommend a lot of the Lewis fiction is that you you should be you should indulge yourself in the books of of the Lord of the Rings. Anyway. Let's move on. Okay, so my next book I will recommend in my buffet. So we've passed the historical part of the buffet, and now we're getting to the the productivity part because who doesn't want to read a book on productivity? I actually I love productivity books. I've read a number of them. And if you haven't read productivity, Tim Challey's book, Do More Better, is a great start. Um, Matt Perman's What Best Next is good. Uh, David Allen's Get Things Done is a classic. But I'm going to recommend Deep Work by Cal Newport. Deep Work by Cal Newport, who is hugely helpful in two ways for me. Number one, it gave me more ways to get tasks accomplished that are larger that I, a couple of these things I either I had experienced a little bit or I hadn't done before. And he gave me some really good ideas. And then the second reason is that when I have succeeded in the past, he actually explained some, some of those things where I didn't know why that works. So one thing he explains is that one thing you can do is you can you can bring uh, that, like bring investment to your study section or whatever time when you're studying. And so he explains how if you sometimes just go somewhere else and set up shop, like at a coffee house, you'll notice you get more done. He explained that's because when you go there, you've already committed quite a bit of effort to get there. And so you're, you're kind of all in. And I have experienced that in my own life as I was doing, you know, doctorate work or Stuff back in the day with Tim and I at the THM, you you go somewhere different and you don't know why you get so much done. Well, he just explains a lot of that kind of stuff. He gives a lot of really good tips. So if you have large projects that you're trying to get accomplished and you keep finding you can't get them done, there's just a lot of really practical stuff. This is not a Christian book per se. He's, he doesn't make any biblical claims, but his way of explaining how to get work done is actually really, really helpful. Um, to give you a quick not like a quick summary is he, he says there's two kinds of work. There's deep work and there's shallow work. 
shallow work is stuff you can do while you're doing other things. And it doesn't take very much talent to do that. And so when I was a, I used to be a window cleaner and I could listen to podcasts and I could think about things. And if I had a headache, I could keep working. No big deal. And it is, it takes, it takes talent. It does take uh, strategy, but sometimes there are jobs you can do in the midst of those things. But then there are other types of tasks that require a lot of thinking, reflection, and you need to be quiet. You need to be uninterrupted. You need to be undisturbed. And he explains that in today's knowledge work situation, there's just a lot of interruptions. And so he, it's really good. If you work in like a business and you have uh, deadlines, but you don't have time away from the office to get stuff done, this is going to be a great book for you. And if you just wonder if you really need to check your email 58 times a day, you're going to love this book. He's got good stuff for you. So really good, highly recommended. Is there a productivity book that's more from a Christian perspective that you'd recommend? Yeah. So I like Tim Challies Do More Better. He Tim Challies did a whole blog series, I think it was in 2013 or 14. And he had read a bunch of these books and then he brought like a biblical reason behind it. But then I really, my favorite productivity book, I think we, did we talk about it? I think we talked about it this season. Productivity, Doug Wilson. That's like my favorite. And I've read a number of them and I like how he views work as a commodity or, or it's like a, uh, what does he call it? He views work as a wealth. Wealth. That's it. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was really good. So that would be my, my, if you had a, a Christian one, I would say like Chally's and Wilson. Mm-hmm. And then I really like deep work. I also like digital minimalism, but I'll save that for another day. All right. My uh, next one, this is going to be quick, is just uh, Epic by Tim Challies. So oh, hey. Stearns is just recommending. Uh, hey, oh. What was it? I already forgot the stinking title. Anyway, productivity book by Tim Challies. Uh, do more better. Do more better. That's it. Epic is uh, on church history. I'd encourage you to not just read fiction over the Christmas break, try to dive into something a little bit deeper and learn something about the history of the church. Uh, So many times we are stuck in our own historical setting and uh, the people, the Christians from ages before us can really give us wisdom. uh, Chalice goes through several different relics of of the church and uh, kind of explains them. So I really thought it was a fascinating and fun read. I gave it a six on the Thinkling's Goodness Scale. Yeah, we haven't been mentioning numbers here, but if you are curious about where these ranked, A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, A Great War was a five by Professor Stearns. Deep Work was a seven. Israel's Eschatological Enemy, Dr. Little gave himself a nine, didn't give himself a 10. I would have given him a 10 because I think he's a 10 on the Thinkling's Goodness Scale. Well, he is a 10 on the Thinkling's Goodness Scale. Horrendous. Epic, he gave a six. Uh, the best short stories of O. Henry, I gave a four. Uh, seemingly low. I just I haven't worked through all of them yet. So if I had to just rate Gift of the Magi, I'd probably give like a six or a seven. Uh, the Two Towers, I gave a nine. And then this next selection is a seven. And this is the same tie to Christmas as the last one. Trees. <laughs> oh uh, so if you get the collected letters of C.S. Lewis, he writes to some of his friends. I believe it's Arthur Greaves. I want to say it's Greaves. Eh, maybe. It's, I don't know who he's writing to. But I quoted this in my paper for you, C.S. Lewis. Yeah, no, I think it is Greaves. He, he references this conflict as he is writing fiction about how he wants to borrow these things from this other author named George MacDonald. 
And what he wants to borrow is this like living tree, like dryad type of a thing. And like the quippy Lewis comment, it's in one of his letters was, well, he, he didn't, he doesn't have, I don't know how he said it. It was like something to the extent of like, he doesn't have a copyright on the dryads or something <laughs> like that. And so, but George MacDonald is an author from the 1800s, a German reformed pastor who had a large, large influence on the imagination and spiritual life of C.S. Lewis. In 1962, Lewis put out this list of his top 10 books, and guess what was number one on that list? He was doing the Thinkling's Goodness Scale way before we were, and he ranked number one was Fantasties, a fiction title by George MacDonald. And yeah, it's just, it's, this was the Lord of the Rings for Lewis and Tolkien. This is what they were reading when they were kids. He, he got this book when he was a teenager and fell in love with it. And dare I say, inspired a lot of, you know, with air quotes around the word inspired, inspired a lot of his later fiction and Tolkien's. If you, if you want, if you really like fiction, you really like that, like imaginary land with goblins and orcs and fairies and that type of thing, pick up Fantasties, read through it. It's not as easy of a read as a lot of like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or even the Two Towers, or the Fellowship, some of those books, it's slow. It's you're just a little bit disconnected from some of the. You're 200 years removed, so just know that. But it is a fun read. So sounds uh fantastic. George MacDonald, a seven ooh. is what I ranked it. Well, I would say after your review of Fantasties, it sounds fantastic. Oh brother. Oh, okay, Stearns. Next I think, book. I think I saw Tim's eye roll. <laughs> I okay. could feel his eyes rolling. I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, can we just mention a really funny moment yes. from this semester? I know it's going long. It's okay, whatever. You know, you can jump to the end if you want to. So when we were titling, we, we always kind of have a saga when we title these episodes, as you've listened to in this episode. And usually I'll get done editing an episode and then I'll send like a potential title to the group chat and we kind of bounce it around. We try to wordsmith it and then we try to come up with a, you know, some of them are better than others. When Andy came up with the thing, he, he's the one that came up with Thanksgivings mm. for the Thanksgiving special, the Thanksgivings special. And on that one, I type something in like, I can see like Tim's eyes rolling <laughs> and he just, he said this eye roll, but it was super it was funny. so good. It's not as funny for you because you weren't there. You're not in the group chat, but it was hilarious. So the eye roll is a real thing. You know, over break, Charlie, when, when we're on our break between season one and season two, it might be wise for us to go back and count up the eye rolls. <laughs> but then I think an actually more fun would be to count up how many horrendouses we got this season. That not that be- many. I didn't do her into that. You know much. what? Let's outsource this. Okay. If you, Thanklings listener, oh. can go back through and find every time oh, Tim says horrendous or oh brother or something like that, or you shoot me an email, we'll send you a mug. Yeah. We'll send you a mug. Okay. So let's, Stearns, you're on book three. Yep. So we got to so move quick. We're, we're in the we're buffet. Okay. We're in the buffet. Um, Hobbit in the Wardrobe and the Great War is like your entry. You walk down the buffet, you see Deep Work by Cal Newport. That's kind of like your side like your vegetable or something it's good now we're getting to like the main course section the meat the potatoes the stuff that you really want because it's going to nourish you so for this i've chosen a christian living book so we had history productivity now christian living and i'm going to recommend trusting god by jerry bridges uh trusting god by jerry bridges the subtitle is trusting god when life hurts or that when when life hurts i think and what he's doing is he's going through and talking about suffering and difficulty 
And he's trying to say, how does the Christian respond to suffering and difficulty? What do you do in your life when it's painful, when something bad happens, when you either have physical pain or you're mistreated or something's unfair? He's, he's hitting all those situations. And then what he's going to do is he's going to give meditations or chapters on the sovereignty of God. So personally, this was very helpful. My wife and I read this together, um, like a chapter a week, and then we had some study questions we'd found. And it was just discussion questions. And it was really, really good. But what I credit him for so helpfully in my life, and I didn't know how helpful it would be um, until later on when we walked the path of cancer as a married couple, is he said that what Job kept asking in the book, he uses Job as the main text he goes back to. And he says, Job's asking why, 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 why? And God never answers. And then finally, God makes his answer, but he doesn't answer with a why. He answers with a who. And so the entire question of suffering and difficulty actually comes back to, am I trusting in God? It was a really good book. And so I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is one of those books, though, that you read a couple pages and sometimes you got to stop because the conviction level is high enough that uh, you got to take a break. But that's, I would say that's some meat and potatoes on buffet. It's a really good book. Trusting God, Jerry Bridges. Excellent. Next one I have is A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I thought I should stick something in there that was more Christmas related. I'm reading this to Amen, my children. Amen, Tim. <laughs> I'm reading this to my children right now. It's uh, very different from the movies. There are several different Christmas Carol movies. If you're going to watch a Christmas Carol movie, oh, yes, this it must like... be a Muppet Christmas Carol. Ooh, that's there awesome. is no other one in my mind. It okay. is a Muppet Christmas Carol. That's it. Okay, whatever. Uh, Christmas Carol by Charles See, Dickens. I don't know. I like the cartoon. No, we got to move. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah, they're all good. They're all good. Charlie and Andy will be quiet. I would say that in the book, uh, Scrooge is very much presented as an evil man, much more so than the Muppet Christmas Carol or even other animated uh, versions of this of this uh, classic. Uh, tale. So um, that was probably the thing that stood out to me the most. I am reading it to my children and the English is a little bit older, so it is a little bit challenging, but I think it would be a good read for you to read to your kids. You may just need to um, change some words every once in a while or just roll your eyes and skip a paragraph or sentence every once in a while. That's what I've had to do. But uh, excellent story and very different than what I expected from the um, movies. I know, I know we're trying to rush here, but can, that's really helpful. Can you talk about how you have a, a wide age difference in your kids? Are they all receiving it the same way, or is it just the older ones? That would be interesting, I think. I just read to the older ones. Okay, so gotcha. um, my little girl, five-year-old, yeah, I just try to sit her next to me, and she might fall asleep or whatever, but it keeps her out of trouble. And from distracting my youngest son, who is seven, and so then he might get something from it. My youngest son, seven, that's seven. He is kind of interesting. Most of the time, he just seems completely disinterested and he's not paying attention. But then conversations will come up or whatever, and you'll find out that he is actually paying attention when his sister isn't bugging him. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's very helpful. Okay, round out the list here. We've got three more and then some Christmas considerations at the end here. Uh, my last book the reason I have it on here as a Christmas one is I try to read this book every year. So based on our own thinkling scale, that would necessitate it being an 8 or a 9 or a 10, and I think it really is worth that. I don't want to oversell it. 
uh, so that you'd find it underwhelming when you read it. But the, the book is The Tale of Three Kings by Gene Edwards. And it's about David, Saul, and Absalom and the differences between them. And it's written as a story. He, he tracks along. He tells a story very well. What I love about this book, double-spaced, very, very short chapters, only about 120 pages. You could sit down and read this in two hours, easily. And the theme of the book is uh, humility. I think if I could summarize it in one word, it'd be humility. Uh, I did a pastoral internship at Open Door Baptist Church near oh. Sheds, New York. It's actually New Woodstock is the town, but near Sheds. And uh, one of the books I had to read for my internship was this book. And uh, in that vein, it was about uh, one of the essentials as a pastoral leader, you need to be humble. And uh, the the pastor I was with, I don't think Pastor Dave listened to podcasts, but Pastor Dave, if you do, shout out. Okay. He had on my summer reading list, like, you need to read this twice. And I was like, read it twice in the span of 10 weeks. Why would I do that? The first time I picked this book up, I couldn't put it down. And instantly it spoke into some areas of my life. And I mean, at the time I was like 20 years old, you know, like, think you had everything figured out. Like, let's go plant 50 churches and be the best thing that's ever happened, you know. And right away you realize, you know what? Uh, I don't have this figured out. And so it was very, very helpful for me on a spiritual level. And I, I give it to guys at the college who are training for ministry. I think it's important that they conceptualize and they think through scripturally the idea of humility. And so Tale of Three Kings, Gene Edwards, I gave it an eight. Uh, definitely worth your time. So for my last book, we're on the buffet analogy. We've just gotten through our meat and potatoes. And what do you do after you've eaten the appetizer, the sides, and the main course? What do you eat next? Dessert. That's right. And this one is definitely dessert. <laughs> okay, this book is Otherworld by Jared C. Wilson. Otherworld by Jared C. Wilson. You've probably heard of Jared C. Wilson. He's written a lot of books, uh, pastoral books. He has a blog. But this is a, I don't know what to, it's a fiction book. And I'm going to I'm gonna give you a classification so you know, but I'm going to tell you, don't go by the classification, okay? It's science fiction. And so if you're a science fiction, not, okay, not like, like the kind of slightly on the nerdy side, okay? So like if you're a Star Wars fan, that's not, that's more like space opera. If you're a Star Trek fan, okay, that's like what I'm talking about. So this book opens up with some farmer finding a cow that got cut open weirdly in his field. And he goes out and looks and they realize there's nothing. I mean, this is like a surgical laser thing. Doing there, And that's the mystery. He's like, what happened to this cow? And so like, I'm sure that's calling up like area 51 and all that, but just trust me, just trust me. I even got my sister-in-law to read this, which I don't know. She really cared for it as much as I did. My wife, I couldn't get her. She doesn't like sci-fi, but all I'm going to say is it's a fun read. It's not that hard. And there's a twist that is biblically awesome. And that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to wreck it, but this is a good one. Okay, my final read is uh, Abolition of Man. And this is kind of setting us up also for season two. Uh, Abolition of Man is a book that you can read several times. So I am giving it a 10 on the Thinkling Good Goodness scale. I would recommend that you pick up a copy and even uh, read through it over Christmas break. Then next semester or next season, we're going to talk about abolition for three different episodes, episodes one, two, and three, I believe, as long as we get them recorded and stuff. But um, <clears throat> then you can listen along with us and you'll have a little bit more 
insight uh, concerning those episodes. Uh, and then I would even recommend reading it again after like those three episodes. It would be profitable for you. Abolition of Man has been uh, immensely impressionable to me uh, through my, in my Christian life concerning just what is a man uh, and then the relationship between the feelings and the intellect uh, and a host of other issues too. So uh, I would uh, strongly recommend you picking up a copy of Abolition of Man. And some of it you're just going to be probably like falling asleep to or whatever. That's why it's a read you want to read multiple times, but it's definitely worth the work. And this is where the value of the Space Trilogy enters. Yes. If you read Abolition of Man is three lecture slash essays, mm-hmm. and they're not long, about 20 pages-ish yeah. per chapter. And you just dive into that and you try to parse out what he's saying. And you might kind of come up with some ideas. I tried doing that multiple times. And you think you understand. And then I start going through the Space Trilogy. And at the time, I didn't realize that they were connected. But he's trying to depict the ideology in Abolition of Man to you in the Space Trilogy. And once you start putting them as companions... You can't miss it. It's so good. And it, it mm. adds life and color to both volumes. Yep. And so but I would agree that is an awesome, awesome book. I probably quote it more than any other Lewis book. The heart should never take the place of the head, mm. but it can and should obey it. So I love good. that quote So good in chapter one. But we'll talk all about that next season. Just want to end the podcast by saying, we just recommended to you, let me do my math, three, six, nine, nine plus 12, 21. We just recommended 21 books. I went to Bible college. <laughs> hey, C.S. Lewis wasn't good at math quick, either. Quick so. math. Thanks, please. We just, we just recommended a bunch of books and we rightfully, I think rightfully so, we talk about good books and reading good books, but you can't miss in the Christmas season spending time in the word, Amen. spending time in prayer and what, why we get a couple days off of work. Okay. It's not to get together and eat food and, you know, just kind of hang out and have fun. Even though we do that, it's because God became man Amen. to die for us on the cross. And we're much more thankful for that than we are for these books and, uh, the opportunity to podcast. So don't miss that this Christmas season. Any other thoughts you want to throw in to cap off season one? Sure. Yeah. No, thanks a lot, listeners. We have appreciated your feedback. We've appreciated that you've listened to us. And um, I know that I've seen a number of you here and there, and you've had helpful comments and questions. And so we've really appreciated uh, everything, especially George, who called my two buddies here Philistines for not liking that hideous strength. George, I'm just telling you, George and Georgia, well done, man. Way to go. I would like to end by reading. Oh, yeah. A poem. read this. That was just sent in to me. Mm. And uh, Evan McKinney, who hails now in Prior Lake, Minnesota, thank you for listening. Thank you for the poem. We will cap season one with this listener poem. It's a coffee poem. If you remember way back, we asked people to do coffee Hold poems. On. Let me take so a So this is, it's a coffee poem. <clears throat> As I sit with my morning roast, there are three of whom to boast. One is a man of full figure with the fear of something in particular. For as he lay at night, rolled like a moth, from his mind remains the picture of a sloth. (laughs) When he was a student here, he attacked me in a sloth suit. That's some context you might need to know. So, (laughs) number one is me. Second is a prof bestowed with Greek. This one tends to be a geek. Consider his teachings of Dedokin. 
and how they hit you like Ryu's Hadoken. Oh, that was so good. Street Fighter 2 reference. Third to be subject to my verse, one who presents to some a curse. For if you wish to serve a church, you must first take <laughs> theological research. <laughs> Which theological research is historically a very difficult class taught by Dr. Little, where they have to write a research paper, and he is scathing. I've made it easier. I don't grade on argumentation anymore. Just style. He doesn't think about logic and arguments. He just tries to push people through. From the logic of the class, the point is no longer... We're assuming they're not really good thinkers coming in. Hopefully, as they leave, they're better thinkers. So we don't grade on argumentation at the beginning. So Merry Christmas, Thanklings. See you next year. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email, thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast.